Hello everyone, this is DJ and this is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about CG, which is of course computer graphics and all things related or loosely related to that topic. And today I have a very special guest uh, for, with me, Mr. Zaharias Reinhardt from CG Boost, a 3D artist, tutor, YouTuber, entrepreneur, education uh, uh, founder of cg boost educational platform for 3d artists that want to boost their blender 3d skills and if you haven't if, if you are a 3d artist and haven't yet heard of zach you probably might have stumbled upon competitions challenges such as weekly cg challenge or sculpt january and zach is the person behind these events am i right please ladies and gentlemen welcome our guests hi <laughs> nice to be here so yeah, it's a pretty good introduction. <laughs> Should I um, introduce um, myself even more? Or I think I think if you want to say a few words that I maybe maybe I missed something, you know, about you. Um, not too much. Like I think you summarized it pretty good. The this uh, the CG uh, the weekly CG challenge is now called CG Boost Challenge since a uh, few years, but yeah, that's a minor thing. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned CG Boost, so let's maybe get to know um, know a bit better what CG Boost is and how you how, how you got to this place where you are right now with with CG Boost, and how so tell us how did it all begin? <laughs> the three D journey. Okay, this is. A long story, I guess, but uh, let's keep it short. Um, so I started back in my childhood filming a little like uh, movies with a simple camera. And usually at some point um, you want to add some visual effects <laughs> to your little sci-fi movies and stuff. So we started uh, like my brother and I, we started to like dive into computer graphics. I remember we were like grabbing frames from our movies, putting this into GIMP and then painting in some muzzle flash to, to gun <laughs> shooting and stuff like this. So we started this very simple stuff. And then we discovered Blender besides other tools. Um, but back in the day, Blender was really confusing. Um, it didn't have like too deep experience with working with computer programs and stuff like this. So it was just a confusing mess for me. <laughs> I, um, I downloaded some PDF tutorials back then. There was no YouTube and stuff like this and tried around a bit and I made some like progress there. But then at some point, my brother came along with, hey, here's Cinema 4D. It's much cooler than Blender. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I switched over to Cinema 4D. And it was just so much more uh, easy to use. And then the next few years, I really got into 3D with Cinema 4D. Uh, we produced like a 100 minute long sci-fi uh, film <laughs> just for fun took us like three years uh, mm. but yeah most work uh, was done by my brother i was like acting and building 3d models spaceships and stuff like this <laughs> but this movie is not available somewhere it's uh, in german and it's super stupid <laughs> but it was a good experience 
And ever since I basically fell in love with 3D. Um, so all of my free time, nearly all of my free time I used to dive into 3D, make my own 3D short films, 3D animations, experiments. Like I have so many like small clips of test renders, which I did back in the days. And yeah, this was really the thing for me. I know that I want to do 3D for a long time. Back then, I didn't know that I want to do it for a living. Uh, I didn't really thought about uh, what I want to do in the future <laughs> when I was a teenager. But then um, I decided uh, to go into this direction. Basically, uh, here in this town, we have an open TV channel and I was kind of trainee for one year here. But there I wasn't like super occupied with work. I had like two hours work there and then I still needed to be there for like the rest of the day. And I just continued to learn uh, 3D. And since they are limited on what they could install on their computers, I needed to use Blender there. So I got back into Blender. I think it was 2009-ish, 10-ish, somewhere where I really got back into Blender. And yeah, I started uh, there with 2.49 before the big shift into the better user interface began. So yeah, that's, I that's the version still learned the old I, stuff. <laughs> I, learned, I, I started using exactly that version, like 2.49, yeah. around that time. I mean, the, the very first version in 2004 was 2.36 or something. Which yeah, was so even, even, so even weirder, probably, <laughs> right? Because this yeah. 2.49, it was still with these down, down, you know, these buttons put uh, on the down uh, yeah, bottom of the screen. Exactly, and... this weird, <laughs> it was just like a big mess of buttons with all different sizes. Uh, it was really confusing. But yeah, I, I managed to create a short film with a friend in 3D uh, with this older version. And then, but like on a private level, I was still using Cinema 4D. But then my brother was showing me the 2.5 version of Blender. And I was comparing it like, can it do all this stuff which I can do in Cinema 4D? And the answer was basically yes. And this was a time where I wanted to switch to a more, uh, yeah, Let's say I wanted to go into the commercial direction and I didn't have the a legal version of Cinema 4D back then. So I was uh, thinking of, okay, when I want to make this now commercial, I need to either buy a license of Cinema 4D or go with Blender. And my funding was not high back then, so I didn't have the money to purchase a license. So I... Uh, fully switched to Blender and I never regretted this. It was a good decision for me because I could do everything I wanted. And some of the tools back then at least uh, were even better than in Cinema 4D. I remember the whole UV unwrapping and mapping stuff was much simpler in Blender. Um, or I just didn't know how to properly do it in Cinema 4D. <laughs> Might be. Anyway, at this point, I remember my brother was doing a tutorial series about Blender 2.49 and he was just doing this one. And then there was a switch to Blender 2.5 and there was nearly nothing on YouTube with uh, Blender tutorials with this version. So I decided like 
I don't know, half a year after diving into 2.5 uh, to make a tutorial series, like a beginner tutorial series for YouTube in German. And it was kind of a hit back then. Of course, nowadays uh, you have much more views and stuff like this. But from what I knew back then and with a few counts and stuff like this in German language, it was pretty good and we got a lot of feedback. So I just continued with YouTube, free YouTube tutorials. Um, uh, this was where I realized that I really enjoy doing these tutorials. And then um, besides that, I started a media company together with my brother. So we were doing like uh, image movies for clients and little 3D animations and stuff like this. And on the side, I was uh, continuing with uh, tutorials. I then we put together basically all our free tutorials into a DVD and started to selling this. And basically was all the free content packed into one DVD and people were buying this. <laughs> and this was the first time, I think in 2011, where we realized, okay, we can actually make money with the, the DVDs and stuff with tutorials. And then I started to create actual courses uh, aimed for selling on DVD uh, in German still back then. And so, yeah, it uh, basically grew the tutorial business. At some point, I also started to give uh, live workshops here in Germany for uh, like hobbyists, but also in companies. And yeah, step by step, I realized, okay, this is more what I like doing instead of doing this film, movie stuff, 3D animation for clients. <laughs> because the experience with the clients were also mixed. Sometimes you have good clients, sometimes pretty bad clients, which pay you very late and bad and stuff like this. So long story short, uh, at some point we decided to cancel this media company. My brother went into a different direction and I still uh, continued freelancing with 3D and stuff like this. But then three years later, I decided, okay, I, was, I saw that the sales were getting better as I switched to the English language at some point and to digital download courses only. Um, at some point, DVDs were, weren't a thing anymore. <laughs> then we sold uh, our courses on uh, USB sticks, uh, flash drives, uh, still shipped them as physical copies. But then at some point, I just switched to fully digital. And then I, I saw an increase on sales every year. But the client work and the live workshops weren't like increasing over the years, like my income from these things. And then in 2019, I decided, okay, let's go all in with the tutorial business. And there I decided to found CG Boost and go all in with um, selling courses and doing this YouTube business. I think so, it, yeah. kind of, it kind of happily so to speak, happily coincided with the whole pandemic thing, right? Because uh, this was around the time when the whole mess started. Yeah, I mean, I started, I started in 2019, where I basically I decided, okay, uh, beginning 2019 or end 2018, 
I was uh, contacting all my clients saying, okay, I will finish like the active projects, but I won't do anything beyond that. So it took me a few more months till I think January or February 2019. And then I sit down and started to create the CT Boost website. Um, I merged like all the projects I was doing. I was uh, having this weekly CT challenge and uh, ZachariasReinhardt.com was my website and my private YouTube channel. And I basically renamed all this stuff and put it all together into the CT Boost brand. This took me a couple of months to build the website. And alongside with that, I was basically working on my Blender Launchpad course. And it was a time where Blender 2.8, the alpha and beta version was already available. And the release was pretty close. So, and I basically spent all my savings uh, for about six months to create the website and to create this course. And it was like, I had savings for around one month left. And I was thinking, okay, now it's time to publish the course to go live with CG Boost. And luckily <laughs> this was exactly the time where Blender 2.8 came out, which was a huge success. And exactly at this moment, I had my Blender 2.8 launchpad course, which was like a comprehensive guide into Blender 2.8. And I basically skyrocketed in sales and stuff like this. So I was like, safe. <laughs> and yeah, yeah since then, timing. I just continued. Yeah. And uh, then 2019 was running pretty good. And then uh, I just continued 2020 and so on. Yeah, the pandemic didn't hurt my business. Um, uh, it probably also supported my business because a lot of people were at home and had time to learn new stuff. So yeah, it was a good decision for me to go into this digital course business. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, great, time, that's yeah. a great story. And uh, uh, yeah, I really liked the because uh, you kind of hit the, <clears throat> the right moment with the with the right things that you have prepared but but you kind of had to have this uh you know this um approach of of, of you know diving deep into if, into what you feel that you that you are going to uh yeah that's going to work for you and you you were kind of prepared for the right moment just to be releasing that because you you kind of had to start working on that far far before the events right but it was like yeah. a, so I mean, it, happy it was in me but... for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is just, of course, a coincidence. But for me, it was, I was feeling like, oh, the tutorial and YouTube stuff is what I really want to do. And all this client work was basically just an obstacle for me. Of course, I learned a lot uh, creating these projects for the clients, which I then also could put into YouTube tutorials and stuff. So it was a valuable experience. And I don't want to miss this. But I always felt like I would love to just focus entirely on courses and tutorials. Because if you have like too many projects, uh, the quality is uh, missing. So you can't put all the energy and quality into one thing if you spread your focus on too many things. Yeah, yeah. And kind of with the tutorial business, you, you set up the deadlines for yourself not the client right exactly because you, you're working exactly. on your own terms so to speak well not not totally because you have the the people that use your tutorials but yes i guess it's it's more on your terms 
Yeah, uh, so course, I wanted I to ask decide you decide what what kind of projects I'm working on. Uh, yeah. exactly, exactly, and that uh, that brings me to my next question, uh, which is like, uh, what you particularly are interested in 3D? You said that you be began with you know with this simple VFX stuff uh, with your brother, and uh, and you kind of tried this and that in Blender. It's probably similar to to mo most people that are just like overwhelmed with all the 3D stuff and. There's so much interesting <coughs> things there to learn. And I wanted to ask you if you consider yourself more of a 3D generalist, or would you say that you specialize in a particular area of 3D? Mm. Before I answer this one question, I can't see the waveform for me. So is your stuff uh, recording my voice? On my side, it's OK. I think uh, I see the waveform, and yeah? it seems to be fine. Yeah. OK, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, short answer is yes, I see myself as a generalist um, because I'm not really enjoying just one particular part, uh, like modeling. Of course, I like sculpting a lot. This is what I, why I also have a sculpting course and make tutorials about it. But I also enjoy modeling and materials and stuff like this. So. Uh, what I enjoy most about the whole 3D thing is to tell stories. I have basically the entire tool set in one tool, more or less, to tell little stories, to create animations. And then I enjoy the whole process from finding the ideas and stuff like this over to modeling, texturing, and rendering an animation. So making one entire thing in 3D is what I really enjoy most. <laughs> yeah, great. And Blender, I think Blender is a kind of like perfect tool for this kind of thing because it's it's like the Swiss knife, Swiss army knife, yeah, right? exactly. for, for 3D. That's... <laughs> so one yeah, last question totally. for the one last question for this part, uh, and then we can go to other mm -hmm. topics. I wanted to ask you uh, about your whole uh, journey. What do you see, like in your opinion, uh, sets apart like amateur work from a professional one? Um, you mean like quality-wise, or are you are you talking about three D work specifically, I mean, or yeah, especially tutorials and stuff like especially three D, three D, yeah, generally three D. Because tutorials, we will talk about this in the, in the next part, but. Uh, I wanted to ask about 3D because people, you know, starting out sometimes, you know, wonder when, when, when is that moment when I can consider myself a professional? You know, this is kind of like a blurry line. It's it's sometimes hard mm, to draw because you know, quality-wise, of course, it's also it's also a, some maybe you could set up some some different tiers of professionalism. Yeah. But how would you draw that mm. line between professional well, can, and amateur work? I can say that, yeah. I can say that from a client perspective, like earning money with making 3D renders and stuff, uh, most of the clients, of course, depends on what um, what area you work in, but they are no professional 3D artist or artists at all. So usually for client work, let's say advertisement or product renderings and stuff like this, sometimes you don't need to be the best, the don't have to be the highest quality and stuff like this because uh, the clients often don't understand 
what is good and what is not. So I think there you don't need to be like a triple A game or cinema movie quality. (laughs) But I consider or what I see is lacking in many renders from beginners is the artistic skill. So usually when you learn 3D, you mostly learn about all the technical stuff, modeling, texturing, and so on. But what is often overlooked is the lighting, the camera composition, and all this stuff. Because you can have simple models, simple texturing, and so on. But when you have like top-notch lighting and camera perspectives and this kind of stuff, then it will lift up the render significantly. So I usually it is this kind of things which sets like a amateur render apart from a professional render. Um, yeah. So you can really dive into photography, let's say, or learn about cinemator- cinematography uh, to use these principles on 3D. Because in the end, uh, 3D creating 3D art is similar as in the real world. You have like 3D space, you have lights you have to put there, you have a camera you have to play with. And it's basically the same principle. So if you, uh, if you look at good photographers, which uh, can create amazing photographs, it's pretty much the same thing. Of course, you need to know how to model your objects nicely so that they don't have weird artifacts and stuff like this. But if you have a decent model, a decent texture and material on it, then it's really about how to present it nicely with light and camera and so on. Yeah. Yeah. That that's make that makes for yeah, a great tip for, for listeners, I guess. 